y que lo que bienvenidos a otro episodio del KNX Podcast. En este episodio vamos a hablar sobre educación bilingüe y cómo afecta a los estudiantes y sistema de educación. Ooh. Wait, wait, wait. Are we sure everyone here understands Spanish? I'm not sure, but the school offers dictionaries, right? Oh, yeah. So for those of you who don't understand, why don't you just grab a dictionary and translate everything we said word for word. I'll repeat it slowly. En este episodio vamos a hablar sobre educación bilingüe y cómo afecta a los estudiantes y sistema de educación. Did you get that now? No? All right. So basically, today's topic is on bilingual education. And you guys just experience a little of what the ELL students go through every day. I'm sure you're all familiar with the English language learners, or the ELL students. But what you may not be familiar with are the everyday struggles they have to face. Picture this. You're in your Mandarin. Italian. Spanish. French. Or any other language class. And all of a sudden, you get this thick packet. And we mean thick. And it has page after page of questions in the language, plus a timed essay prompt. They tell you you have the whole day, so there's that. But then they tell you that if you don't pass this exam, then you won't graduate. And if you don't graduate, then you can't get a good job. And if you don't get a good job, then you can't support yourself. And if you can't support yourself, then you you fail to sum that up. Well, I'm just making sure they understand the bigger picture. Well, I'm assuming that freaked you guys out. But the reality is that this situation is in fact real. Well, yes, but to be more specific, situations like these are the reason why there is a higher percentage of ELL students who are failing standardized testings that are essential for graduating. More specifically, in the state of Massachusetts. For example, for students who may come in later in the year, there is logically not enough time or resources that can get them ready in time for the tests. Ms. Katz, an ELL teacher here at Revere High School, shared her opinion with us on the situation. The idea that you take a test that is designed to be difficult for generic students and then you decide to take students who are learning to speak the language and take the exact same test is absolutely bonkers to me. <laughs> But I think what's really hard about the MCAS is that it's an English test. Can you follow directions? And for our students who are sometimes word for word translating, mm -hmm. depending on their levels of English, but even our higher level English students, knowing the tricks of English grammar that are employed in MCAS, I think that it is absolutely unfair. We couldn't have said it better. Oh, schnitz! You know what that means. Random fact incoming! Take it away, Simara. Wait, what they say? They said... <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Did you know English learners have the highest dropout rate of any subgroup coming in at 6.6%, which is three times the dropout rate of all students? Three times? And there still hasn't been any change in policies? That's the thing. Although it seems like there hasn't been any change, the Look Bill, which was passed in 2017, was enacted in order to establish new English learner programs. Oh, I know the Look Bill. It stands for Language Opportunity for Our Kids. But wait, that makes no sense. Then how are we still seeing such high dropout rates with the ELL students? I mean, just last year, Revere High School saw only 61% of the ELL students graduate and 15% of them drop out. 
Well, the other thing is the bill doesn't exactly enforce bilingual programs into schools. It gives the school the flexibility, or in other words, the option to integrate these programs into the school system. I don't know exactly what it's like, but as a student myself, I understand how frustrating it is when you can't understand something. And to not understand the language on top of the material, it's extremely unmotivating. What was the policy before this bill? In 2002, there had been a ballot initiative in which the Sheltered English Immersion Mandate was passed, restricting different types of English learners to use only English in all classrooms. No bilingual textbooks? Mm -mm. Translating apps? I mean, they exist. They just can't use them. Surely the ELL teachers can help if they know the language, though, right? No, they can't help their students even if they do know the language. We interviewed Dr. Rockwood, the sophomore AP, and she gave us more of an insight on the policy. Another teacher here that does have some kids that have very limited English skills, and when it comes to some of the complicated information, sometimes she might say it in in their language. I think she speaks Spanish and Portuguese, but um, and then they have to give it back to her in English, and and that is not supposed to happen so even the teachers themselves realize that this policy is just not working sometimes if they're willing to break the rules it just shows that newer kids need extra support that's true so then why not give the ell teachers that freedom to help their students in the language they know when they notice they've been struggling for too long well if only were that oh schnitt you already know who that is it's time for another random fact take it away karen Did you know that the majority of our student population here at Revere High consists of Hispanics, making up 55.9% of the school? Coming after them are the white people, who make up 31.3% of the school. Damn, more than half the population? That's crazy. Well, besides that, it shows that not only is the general population mainly Hispanic, but the ELL group as well. Although you're right, we can't forget about how diverse the school is. I mean, we have more and more people coming in from every country, and with that comes new languages. Well, that just makes everything much more complicated. How would we be able to create a program in which we have all the resources necessary if everyone is speaking different languages? That's a good question, but we can get back to it later because I'm not exactly sure yet. Oh my god, you never know anything! Well, I don't see you knowing anything either! If I knew, I wouldn't have asked the question! Ugh, nobody, nobody knows! knows. We'll get back to it later. Let's not forget about the other side. <gasps> Just kidding. It's not that deep. Wait, what's the other side again? Well, despite this whole topic already being complicated as it is, there are many other people who are actually opposed to the look bill being passed and bilingual education in general. There's two sides to this, like there usually is. There's the side that's reasonable and makes valid points, and the side that's not so reasonable. At all. Let's compare them and see. One side believes the main issue consists of managing school budgets and the difference in education quality. They're not wrong either. It would take a lot of the school's budget to fund for a better bilingual education program. But wouldn't it be worth it for the students? Exactly. It also makes sense that they'd worry about the education quality. At Revere High itself, we see a large variety of languages being spoken. It can seem almost impossible to be able to educate them all properly and equally. But the other side to the other side believes that introducing languages like Spanish or Arabic simply is not American enough, and we should all just speak American. Yes, you heard me right. American. 
all quoted directly from politician Sarah Palin. Or not, um, I think that uh, it, it, it it's a benefit of um, Jeb Bush to be able to be so fluent in Spanish because we have a large and wonderful uh, Hispanic population that it, you know is helping to build America, and that's good, and, and that's a great uh, relationship that and connection that he has with them through um, his wife and, and through his family connections. On the other hand, um, you know, I think we can send a message to say, you want to be in America? A, you better be here legally or you're out of here. B, when you're here, let's speak American. I mean, that, that's, that's, let's speak English. And- I mean, here in the U.S., we don't have an official language yet, so I guess I do agree with her. Here, we speak American, meaning we speak Spanish, Arabic, English, Chinese, Portuguese, or any other American language we choose to speak. And of course, there's the main argument that English immersion is just the best and most effective way to teach others. The argument that brought us to question this whole system in the first place. Because let's be honest, as we've learned throughout this whole podcast, immersion doesn't seem to be working. At least here in Revere High School. So instead of asking what isn't working when it comes to the education of the ELL students, we should be asking, how can we improve their education and fix the system? Well, like we mentioned before, we can partially rule out increasing the amount of teachers we have and keeping the English immersion program. But what about new programs online or bilingual textbooks? Technology is so advanced. There has to be something that we can use, right? Didn't Dr. Rockwood mention a new resource the school was looking into? I think she did. Let's listen. But, you know, I'll I'll just tell you, with technology, you happened to catch me just after I went to um, a presentation at Microsoft. So I got to work on this computer right here. It's a Lenovo and the operating system was only three weeks old. So now it's like four weeks old this week. And within that, it's, it's smaller than your Chromebooks. It's that kind of compact, mm-hmm. but it has a program in there and I guess you can get it for free. Um, the computer itself is like $300, just like a Chromebook, but it's called um, Office Edge and they have what's called Emerging Readers on it it addresses some of the challenges that English language learners might have and also um, special education students that might be dyslexic or have dysgraphia or like they need a tracking tool that they have to see every line. It's all built into that computer based on the needs that Microsoft got from teacher feedback as to what would help their students. So if you were a student using that computer and you were trying to read that English passage, you could flick, click a button called Immersive Reader and it would put the English text there and put the Spanish text there. So they could do more self-monitoring and maybe feel more successful quicker. Mm-hmm. If you had a word, you could highlight the word and it'll show um, a definition and it'll show a picture. It won't give the definition in a different language you have to reset that, but it would give you the definition so they would at least be able to be more self-responsible for, for some of their learning. So I was very excited about that, and I have to talk to the computer department because maybe that's something to look into like if, as we replace Chromebooks or whatever to have that technology available. So there is new technology that we can use. That's exciting. Are you excited? I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited too. I think we're all excited. Well, besides technological support, what other advantages can the school offer new students to prepare for their first standardized tests? 
We interviewed Ms. Chalupka, a Spanish and ELL teacher here at Revere High, and here was one of the advancements she mentioned. Because that was viewed as not fair, now they have like a certain like grace period, like say a kid shows up in March and MCAS is going to be, you know, in March and then now the math one, mm-hmm. they can wait a year of being here and being in school to take the MCAS now. So that part is like a little bit better. A grace period. Dr. Rockwood also mentioned that. Here's what Dr. Rockwood told us. Um, no, I believe, so that's where Mr. Mogavero would be more helpful because he would know all those specific facts and yeah. even Ms. Finn too. But um, no, I don't, I, I, it exists here too, but I think sometimes they like everybody to take a shot mm-hmm. because sometimes um, kids do know more and we don't have enough experience with the student to know exactly what they do or don't know if they've only been here a couple of months. So the grace period already does exist, but sometimes they're asked to take the test early on. I feel like that word sometimes was used a lot. It seems like no one's really sure about the policy quite yet, once again showing how confusing this all really is. If the administration is not sure what level every new student is at, maybe a new advancement the school could enforce is giving a grace period to every new student, unless they themselves state that they don't need the extra time. Those are only a few changes that can be made to improve the bilingual education. Based on past experience, a former ELL student, Ivan Garcia, let us know some of the advancements he believes should be made in the program. Uh, there definitely could have. I mean, it was only one teacher that just pulled us out of class, which kind of made it, I learned English, but I, in the same part, I ended up losing part of math class and, and I feel like it was history class. So I feel like it would have been better if he wasn't during the schedule of the class. Also, everything was English. Like the teacher didn't really speak any other languages, so it was a bit hard as well. Instead of taking time away from their core classes, maybe creating a separate class in their schedule on certain days would help create a balance between their classes and learning English. And with that, we have our most reliable source, a student who experienced it firsthand, telling us that things need to be changed. Now, we don't exactly know what will happen later on, but what we do know is that the administration is slowly working towards major improvements for the bilingual education program. And in the end, making sure the problem isn't ignored is what matters most. All right, guys, that concludes today's segment on the KNX Podcast. It's important to note that all opinions are respected, and the opposing arguments have valid points that even people for the bill can reason with. However, this project's main objective was to bring attention to policies and programs that should be improved for the prosperity and success of the RHS ELL students. Shout out to Ms. Chalupka, Ms. Katz, Ivan Garcia, and Dr. Walker for being a part of our podcast. And of course, to Mr. Costello for dealing with our million questions. Sai Jen! Pop Games, baby.